What's going on? What's going on, everybody? It is the only sports podcast. I'm Will. That's Casino over there. Uh, we are coming a day late because you can hear it a little and a in my nose. Short. And, yeah, you can hear it a little in my nose and uh, throat that I am sick once again. Once again. Uh, you it's still only get sick. It's not me this time ruining the show. <laughs> I used to only get sick once a year. Now I get sick once uh, every three weeks, which is fun. It's I love it. It's great. I don't understand why it keeps happening. But yesterday I had no voice. Today I barely have a voice. So Casino got his Well, we wish. know why you don't have a voice, less. but. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. After last podcast, my voice was hurting because uh, – my Sixers rants. There will not be a Sixers rant today because I told you what would happen game seven and then it did. So uh, this is also not part two. It's just a full new episode. Casino and I uh, were busy people. We're busy. We could not do part two. There was just no time no. for it whatsoever. Just no time. But, I were, I, so just get used to these false promises because they may be a trend. Yeah. Um, so yeah. with that being said, though, hockey. We haven't talked about this in like a week and a half. Like a yeah. week and a half. Um, I mean, yours, guess long story, long story short, Florida beat Toronto. I think it's beat Edmonton. Hurricanes, they advanced. And Dallas beat Seattle. So I guess we can just kind of quickly touch over a little bit that Florida-Toronto series because – you know, Toronto is the mecca of hockey. Well, they're supposed to be, but they're not. Huh. Um, again, it is their starters. I've talked about it the entire the entire time playoff hockey, um, especially this series. Their starters have not shown up um, with Austin Matthews, with Marner, Nylander. You needed production. Um, I mean, Austin Matthews. He is he is a 11.5 roughly i don't know the exact number a uh, million dollar player a year and his contract's coming up and they got to renew it and you know he's not going to ask for less he's not going to take a pay cut um but i really think that they need some sort of restructuring there um because the last four teams that are in dallas vegas uh, the hurricanes and uh florida they are yes they can kind of go top heavy if they wanted to, but for the most part, these are hockey teams that play four lines. So it was a sad showing for Toronto, but I laughed my ass off through and through because <laughs> being a Bruin fan and the Bruins getting beat by Florida, it just makes me happy that Toronto got beat by Florida. Um, great coaching. Uh, but I mean, we, we've talked about it. Their goalie is just absolutely on fire. And that's what scares a lot of people going into, oops, sorry, Going into any sort of playoff against a team that is just on fire, um, if their goalie is, is is on point, which Bobrovsky is, I mean, that's scary. Um, so I still have the Hurricanes in this coming round. We'll get to that advancing. But um, I think the story of that series, Toronto, Florida, was Bobrovsky being a two-time, uh, two-time Vesna winner, which for you don't know, that is the best goalie um, in the league for the year. Uh, he, he's won the trophy twice. Uh, he's on, he's on, absolutely on fire, uh, these playoffs. And then the starters didn't show up. That's why it was an easy, 
easy uh, 4-1 sweep over the Maple Leafs. They were awful. And my buddy said it. And I really wish they didn't win a game if they didn't win game four. Because would that be even like they came out of the first round if they got swept in the second round? Yeah, but I've always thought. And I'm just too. trying to play a little catch. Again, yeah, I'm just trying to play a little catch up here because, you know, we didn't talk about it and then we forgot about it and life. So yeah, yeah. but yeah, that's the story of that series. Florida looks hot. Their goalie Bobrovsky is just out of control, uh, out of control, good. And then yeah, Toronto's superstars didn't didn't uh, step up. And uh, I heard a really interesting thing on. Uh, the radio the other day was with the four teams that are left. Do you really think that there could be a restructuring of teams moving forward once? Cause the, the cap has barely moved at all, but instead of getting your superstars going more four line heavy, because the last four teams in are four line teams instead of superstar teams. I mean, makes you wonder, makes you wonder. I don't know if that's, I mean, really no other sport i mean the superstar gets you to where you are like look at look at the nba we're getting ready to talk about that you know so yep yeah. that's that series um moving over into the carolina new jersey again not much it was a 4-1 sweep as well or not sweep but 4-1 um i already called it carolina was gonna roll over new jersey carolina was my pick from the beginning of the year um they're looking extremely good right now um yes they have pulled anderson a couple times their goalie uh but their superstars are coming through um so and again they are a four line team which really helps out the balance people aren't playing a shit ton of minutes um so just looking in game five uh for that only one player two players of theirs which is sebastian ajo because he's one of their superstars uh, which is just a cool name, Sebastian Ajo. I would love that name. And then uh, Jarvis. Those are the only two players um, outside of defense that were over 21 minutes or that were over 20 minutes. So, yeah. Um, do you have anything to add or do you just want me to keep rolling? Because I can. No, just keep going through it. Just keep rolling. Yeah. Um, so, I will touch on the Vegas – Oilers series because I thought that was the more important one in a second plus they're my team so our team but uh Dallas Seattle it went into game seven um this was a weird game seven because for the majority yeah. oh god damn it goes my dog this is uh, my my question to you we saw multiple game sevens in the NBA that were kind of duds and then we also saw this game in hockey that was a game seven and was kind of a dud I watched this whole thing. Are game sevens overrated? Um, I don't think they're overrated. Um, I think teams play differently. So, like, for this one specifically, no team, or no, nor Dallas, nor Seattle, scored less than two goals, uh, um, even if they lost the entire series, all six games leading up into this. And then Dallas won 2-1 in game seven. It was a completely different game. Um the goalies just came out to play. Uh, even though Seattle lost, Grubauer in the net was absolutely phenomenal. The two goals that were scored, one was just a good um, – the second goal was a good uh, back stick just up and over, like, the shoulder. Like, he had to fit a window, like, this big. 
and he made the window. Uh, and then the other one was a broken play. Um, the defense, it, it was basically a penalty shot, and you know he just didn't get it. So besides that, Grubauer played great. I really thought Seattle was going to pull this off, um, but it was going to be harder and harder as the series went on, where Dallas wouldn't would release, where Dallas wouldn't win. Dallas looked better, like they were going to win as the series went on. Um, so they're through. Um, that's a little nerve wracking for Knights fans because the Knights did beat the Oilers um, in six. And I love this story because I really think who won that series has the best chance to win the whole thing. Uh, yes, I have the Hurricanes and I had the Hurricanes winning from the very get go. Um, but I like how both the Oilers and the Knights, they just seemed like the better team. Even So here's a fun fact. So going um, into the playoffs, even with the Bruins having their great season, there was still odds out there that the Oilers were going to win the Cup. They had the highest odds to win the Cup at like 33%, even over the Bruins uh, while they were still in it. And get this, Vegas beats them in six, not seven. Vegas beats them in six, and Vegas is still not favored to win the Cup. Hurricanes are. I, Vegas has gotten no respect this entire playoffs and pretty much this whole season because they don't have the superstars. They didn't have 30 goal scorers and, but they're playing great four line hockey, two way hockey. You have to go 200 feet to be able to score. Um, and yeah, uh, the, the story of that series was Vegas shut down as best they could, Dreisaitl and McDavid, the two best players going into the playoffs, uh, McDavid being the best player in the league. Um, and, yeah, Dreisaitl kind of just fell off a cliff after that four-goal four game one, and he just kept going lower and lower. And, yeah, um, Vegas takes it in six. And nobody – there was – out of 26 – there's a great thing that uh, was posted on the Vegas um, – um, I don't know if I sent it to you, but um, 22 of 26 like um, analysts and whatnot, people that were picking the series, yeah, you sent it to me. Yeah, yeah, we're we're yeah, we're we're picking the Oilers in six. One person said five, or Oilers in seven, and there was only four people that said Knights in seven. Well, Knights got it done in six. I think this team is heavily overlooked. And again, not me being a biased Knights fan. They have been overlooked all season. And after they beat the Oilers, I was listening. Um, we kept the TV rolling on at the bar. And one of the announcers was saying, oh, so, you know, they beat them. Uh, this this team, they didn't say sneaky, but I'm going to. This this team seems pretty sneaky. You know, <laughs> have we have we been under, you know, valuing Wait, this I team? Was an have analyst? we been underlooking this team? Yes, you were. Um, have they been, have they been, uh, uh, underlooked and, you know, people not taking them serious. And somebody said that and all the other commentators were like, uh, you know, they, they had a good game plan against Oilers. So it was like, you're still not getting respect. Somebody brought it up. One of the ESPN analysts brought it up and they're still like, ah, I don't think we overlooked them. They're just whatever. Well, also, I can't wait for this team to get through, through down. So oh, and then I'll get now into the series, but say what you're going to say. So well, I'll, I'll talk I, after that. as a, as a casual 
uh, NHL fan, right? Like I like watch games here and there. And then I really start playing paying attention in the playoffs. What is, I saw this thing because uh, I'm always on the interwebs, always listening to sports talk radio. Obviously, no other sports podcast exists, so I have to watch TV and listen to the radio and stuff. But on Reddit, I saw somebody, you know, made one of those things where it's like most loved, most hated, blah, blah, blah. Most hated team had the picture of the Las Vegas Golden Knights, and everybody agreed with the sentiment. Why has this sudden shift happened where now the Golden Knights are the most hated team in hockey? Apparently by this, I mean, it wasn't a small margin. It was like a couple thousand people all, none of them said, why is this team the most hated? Like it was just a consensus. We hate this team. Obviously as a fan and someone who lives in the city, I don't get that. Well, I Uh, I think there's two reasons. The first reason, the the, the the main reason is how good the Knights were in their first year. And everybody thought that the expansion draft was rigged and the expansion draft was poorly done to where the Knights just got all these good players and they were able to make it. So the non just casual hockey fans like yourself, they don't, they didn't see what actually happened with that expansion draft. The Knights didn't take, they did not take the players of every team. They did not. They were smart about it. They're a very well-run organization to where, and that's kind of leads into the second one, but where they were able to get draft picks. They're like, okay, you don't want us to take your number one. Give us some draft picks, and we'll take this guy. They built the team off of, like, third liners, uh, just a bunch of third liners, and built them with speed, kind of like what Seattle was this year. And Seattle tried to file um, go with that same rubric, Go try to go four lines and you just get some speed and the goals will come. And a few experienced guys in the locker room, which Seattle did as well. And the Knights just did it better because people overlooked what they were doing. So like, for example, the Knights got um, Marc-Andre Fleury, you know, a multiple, uh, multiple uh, Stanley cup winner with the, the Penguins, uh, Vesna trophy winner, um, again, meaning best goalie, all those things. And they weren't protecting him. They the, the Penguins were like, oh, well, we want to keep Murray. We don't want you to take Murray, this guy. You can have Flurry, but we're like, ah, well, we wanted Murray, but I guess we'll take Flurry. But you're going to give us also a second round pick with that. And they did this with so many teams that they accumulated so much capital in draft picks that what they did in the years following, this is how you got your Jack Eichel. This is how you got your Mark Stone and all these other big time names onto the team. The, the uh, Alex Petrangelo is they went, uh, I have all these draft picks. You can have this player, this player, and like two draft picks. And they were able to get the players they wanted. And they built a, they built a really good team, four lines deep, over the past few years, and this is why I think this is their best year to win the cup, is because they have the best roster they've had in the entire time with the best coach that we've we've had so far. Um, yeah. So I, I really think that the Knights are going to – they have a heavy shot to do this. So the betting odds um, are – the betting odds are favored for the Knights. Like It's almost like a pick them with 
the Hurricanes, but everybody's picking the Hurricanes to announcers to win um, the Stanley Cup. So that's reason one is people didn't like how good the Knights were from the very beginning. The second reason is because I think they're jealous. The Knights, this is four of six uh, now actually, uh, no, because they got knocked on the first round. So four of their six years, they have made it to the Western Conference Finals, which is absolutely unheard of. There's only been one other team to do that since their start. I forgot. It's, they, they showed it up on the TV. But I know they're the second team in NHL history to make the conference finals four times in their first six years of being a franchise. And I think people are jealous with how it's ran because they're always they've been good since the very beginning and they haven't fallen off. Yes, they didn't make the playoffs last year, but that was because half their team was injured for more than half the year. So that that yeah. that's just shitty. Um, and I mean, because like Pete DeBoer, he wasn't my favorite coach, but look, he's Dallas's coach, and we're going up against him in the Western Conference Finals. So I don't think it was the coaching thing. I just thought the Knights were just riddled with injuries. So those are my couple reasons where I really think that. And and I guess you can add a third word. They think that the Knights are fans, are bandwagon fans, because it's like oh, hockey in the desert. But I mean, you and I both grew up here. You had the Thunder. You've yeah. had the Wranglers. We've had hockey here, and those games would sell out. Who wouldn't want to be in a nice, cold arena in yeah. freaking April? You know, April, June, May, April, May, June. I forgot May. Um, why? Why not? People don't want to be in that heat. So Vegas well, has always and just, had a good hockey following, and so I think it's those always are had the a main good, reasons why people hate it's always Vegas had a good, so much. Uh, Vegas has always been a good sports town. It's the oh, leagues that have been scared of bringing sports here because of right. gambling and shit like that. But all the minor leagues, summer leagues, all that, I've always been to all that. We've been to, a, I think, like one or two UNLV games together that are always packed. UNLV football's never fucking good. Like, this town's always been a great sports town. It's been the sports leagues that are like, right. we're not bringing any sports there except for ones that, like, don't matter, like NBA Summer League, where it's basically just you know practice squad players but still those stands are fucking full i took my right. son to summer league last summer and it was fucking packed all right we were there for three games every all three games the stadium was fucking filled vegas is a great sports town i yeah i think so so i think that's why some of the reasons why vegas is is hated so much but you know what if seattle got to this round and say vegas lost to Seattle in the Western Conference Finals and Seattle would be like, oh, both franchises in the first year and second year made it to the Stanley Cup Final. Something's wrong with the expansion draft. No. What I liked That's about good. Seattle this year, all <laughs> yeah. season, it's great. But it's, Seattle did the same kind of rubric the Knights did, is they went with speed. They went with speed. They didn't take the best guys, and they got some, they got some um, veterans in there to be good locker room guys. And that's a good formula. So look at all these other superstar teams that didn't make it through. Um, you have the Penguins with uh, Crosby, didn't make it. You have the Capitals, Alexander Ovechkin, didn't make it. Um, I mean, there's a lot of – and then McDavid, best player in the league. He had 153 points in the regular season, got knocked out by the Knights. It doesn't matter if you if you stack it up up front if you don't have a rest of the team to play. So I'm really thinking that with how with with how the league has 
been going, I think people, more teams are going to start moving to that rubric of going more balanced for lines because the cap hasn't gone up. Um, there were some bad business decisions in hockey. And what that did was that, that kind of hurt them because they were planning on moving the cap up. But then you had the bad business decisions. Then you had COVID. And it, it's been tough for them to get going again. I mean, they're a major sport, but they're this is a perfect one. The Knights and the Oilers um, on Sunday, you know, game six, very important game. Knights can close it out and move on to the next. Well, it was on ESPN, but they had – I like the Boston Red Sox. They're my team. But they I, I had the this. Red Sox, they had the Red Sox the on ESPN, yeah. and they didn't – they moved the Knights and Oilers game to ESPN 2. This is Dude, May not, Baseball. Nobody gives a shit that. about May Baseball. Dude, it was May it was Baseball, seven, and it was a fucking blowout. And it was, at it was Sunday a Sunday. Fucking... Yeah, it was a blowout. It was, and But it was also <laughs> – Sunday at 7 p.m. So anybody on the East Coast trying to watch this game doesn't start till 10 on a very pivotal game six. Like, yeah, dude, that was I don't insane. think hockey gets the recognition. So so with that, though, being said, though, is like, yes, it's taking them a little while to get the all circling back, getting the cap to go up, meaning I feel like a lot of teams are going to start following this rubric. They're going to start paying their superstars a little less um, if, while they're moving teams and they're going to try to get more well balanced. So. That's kind of where I'm thinking that's heading. Um, so let's get on into the conference finals. You've got Florida. You've got the Hurricanes. Um, I know you don't know much about hockey, um, but I would like your take on, because the first game is on tomorrow, uh, Panthers versus Hurricanes. Cur- Hurricanes are favorite, obviously, um, but – do you think the Hurricanes should be worried that Florida has been counted out two series in a row and Florida beat Boston in game seven, three times on the road in Boston, which that hurt, that that's absolutely yeah. insane for this year. And then they damn near swept um, the Maple Leafs. Do you think the Hurricanes should be a little nervous? I, mean, I, I don't think, know much about the teams, but just you know enough to know that. Well, I've been wa- I've watched all their games. I I really like this Panthers this Panthers team and how they play. And but I think I mean we'll talk about why I'm wearing a Jimmy Butler jersey when we talk uh, uh, about the NBA in a couple minutes. But I think the same thing you can say about this Florida team. You can say about the uh, Panthers. Florida team, which is they beat the best team in the playoffs, right? The Heat beat the best team in the playoffs already. And now Mm -hmm. all of a sudden they're in the uh, finals of their conference to go to, you know, the Stanley Cup or the NBA finals. And people are just like, oh yeah, but the other team's going to murder them. And it's just like, have you been watching the playoffs? They already beat (laughs) the better team in the playoffs. Like the Bruins were one of the historically best teams ever. And they beat them three times. Like you just said in their house, the bucks were better than the Celtics the entire year. And the heat didn't just destroy them. They beat them in five games. Okay. Like they, they annihilated them. And now 
we'll talk about this more when we get to NBA, but like, it's like the heat are given a 3% chance to beat the Celtics. And I'm assuming it's the, along the same lines in the NHL where it's like, you're talking about all the analysts pick the Knights over or the Oilers over the Knights. Now it's like, I keep seeing predictions where it's like, Oh, hurricanes are going to murder the Panthers, murder the Panthers. And it's just like, I feel like everybody's just looking at the regular season and being like, this team was clearly better than this team. And just completely, you know, not looking at what has happened. Like we need more recency bias. Usually we say, get recency bias out of here. When it comes to the playoffs, recency bias, the, the Panthers were, what is it? Uh, a team that barely squeaked into the playoffs in the NBA. It's the heat and the Lakers were teams that barely squeaked into the playoffs. All these teams now look like better teams than the number one seeds when the playoffs started. So to think this is just going to be a route where the hurricanes are just going to murder the Panthers. That's what everybody was saying about the Bruins. But again, you have to, it's hard as shit to beat a team four times, regardless of if the team's good or not. If you put this, right. if you put the worst NHL totally team agree. against the Bruins seven times in a row and been like, the Bruins need to win seven games in a row, like it's not going to happen. There's adjustments can be made. There's, especially in playoffs, anything. Fl- one fluky play, you always talk about this in the NHL, one goal or one puck that ricochets off a stick a certain way and now all of a sudden it's a goal and then it's just like, you win one I mean, zero. Yeah, that's a perfect like, that's a perfect thing obviously i watch more I, I watch closer to the knights games but so like in game five it was a great point is a lot of people were like oh well the power play got the knights again oilers power play got the knights again um but if you watch two of those were bad bounces so or not bad bounce well kind of so one was a pass across and stone's stick yeah. hit it and it went right back to the dude and hill had already slipped over and go so the puck just went his way did they play that penalty kill really well i thought so and then another penalty uh kill that they had to do uh hill gets the block and the save that he was he was shooting for it was a shot from the from corner in and he did the slide over and he got the block but credit to the uh player crashing the uh crashing the net it hit off of hill who made the save and then it hits off that dude's hand and goes in it wasn't like a hand pass in because that's illegal but right place, right time. But the power play looked good, or the penalty kill looked good against the power play. So sometimes it's just a nasty puck. So, um, yeah. plus, and again, I mean, and so one, of, I think one of the best players in the playoffs right now, um, with Dry now being out, he had a really good, you know, first series, um, is Matthew Tuchuk for the Panthers. He's absolutely killing it. Um, six goals, 11 assists. He's and so. The plus and minus on the eye where where points align, um, like line versus line, and um, yeah, plus ten. He's absolutely having a fantastic, um, fantastic postseason, and I I don't see him slowing down. I think he's going to continue. Um, I still have the Canes probably in six, but I see the Panthers winning a couple of these games. And maybe even the game seven and Bobrovsky can and can steal them a game. So uh, I really like it. Uh, Sebastian Ajo, though, for the Hurricanes, he's been playing really well as well. Um, he's got five goals so far, seven assists. I like his play. 
but um yeah we'll we'll see how it goes for him um yeah but i am excited to see this one obviously i think the hurricanes can still edge the panthers i just think the panthers if Bobrovsky stops having and two players if to chuck slows down a little bit and Bobrovsky slows down a little bit the canes can beat them in five or six but i don't think that's gonna be the case i think it is the canes in six um six or seven but i'm calling it canes in six uh what's your call on it i think i really think if the panthers can take game one because we've seen how good they've been on the road i think all of a sudden then it becomes a real thing of like how how many games can they steal from the hurricanes because right now they're just playing with that's house a good money, point right they didn't expect no, yeah, that's a great to, point they didn't expect to be in this position at all. So the Hurricanes did. Like you said, they were your pick at the beginning to go all the way. You had more confidence in them than you did the Bruins. So at yeah. this point, it's like they're battle-tested. They're proven. They they are not scared to be on the road. I'd be much more scared to play in uh, the Boston Bruins arena than I would be the the – uh hurricanes so hurricanes. yeah so you know what, steal... that's a good point though that that's a good point because um i haven't been too worried about the knights uh on the road they're the second best team out there um the bruins but i didn't take that in consideration if the knights can make it to the next round and if florida can make it to the next round florida's been dominant on the road so far they've dropped uh i think no they haven't dropped They've yeah they've lost one on the road I think this entire postseason I would have to double check that or yeah two on the road no one on the road I think so I mean they're playing phenomenal so I wouldn't want the Knights to go against that um, the Knights have been okay at home this year they haven't been dominant um, but yeah no that's that's a good call so that's where my take is um, it sounds like. BJ is kind of leaning towards Florida. If they win that first one, he did step away from the mic. Um, we'll double check that after when he gets back. And then obviously the series that I'm more invested in um, is Vegas versus, versus Dallas. Um, this is a good story. I thought Vegas versus Seattle would be a cooler story because it'd be in the two brand new franchises, uh, the newest franchises going at it in the Western conference finals. But um one that I am excited for is Dallas, their coach, Pete DeBoer, was Vegas's coach um, for the last, like, two years, uh, two and a half years. And he knows this team very well, but he doesn't know all the acquisitions that the Knights have brought in. Um, when the, and Dallas has swept Vegas so far this year. But the things to take into consideration with that, though, is Dallas... Vegas was in a slump when Dallas whooped them the first time. It was right before the all-star break. Things happened. Um, after that, you have uh, a couple games where it was very close, some OT games. Um, and But Vegas was missing Mark Stone, their captain, their leader, um, as well as uh, a couple of their defensemen. So the Vegas hasn't been this healthy playing Dallas so far this year. Um, by the way, so what was your pick? I was saying you're leading Florida. Florida wins the first. Yeah. You know what? I've been riding them uh, since they beat the Bruins. I'm sticking with the Panthers Casino. Again, Fair it's Fair enough. Too... Panthers and what? Panthers and Panthers and what, though? 
You know what? I'll I'll say seven. I'll say seven. Panther, all right, Panthers and seven. All right, so that means they have to win. You confident in that? Your your computer cut out. What? Uh, I said, are you confident? So you're confident with Panthers in seven on the road against Carolina? I think they can win two in Carolina, two at home. That's what I'm calling. I'm picking it. All right. I'm picking it. Okay. I'm assuming uh, you're so picking the Hurricanes. The is, I, yes, I am. Hurricanes in six. Um, six. And so I was saying how nice it would be to see Seattle play Vegas. Obviously, that didn't happen because it would be for, you know, two newest franchise. But Dallas-Vegas looks very interesting because Pete DeBoer being the previous head coach, he knows the team. Dallas has helped us this year. Um, but what I like with Vegas is, again, they weren't fully healthy. They didn't have their captain. They didn't have their leader. And they were in a slump not buying the Bruce Cassidy system before the All-Star break. This team is 100% in Bruce Cassidy's system right now. Um, this is why Bruce Cassidy was so successful over at the Bruins, and people were shocked that he got let go. Um, that when you buy into his system, which is defensive first, and then you break down, you make them play 200-foot hockey. You have to make them go from their defensive zone all the way to the offensive zone. You control the neutral zone, no easy entries, and you keep them to the outside and you let the goalie see. This is something that I really feel that why some of our goalies have strived, and we've been having this goalie carousel. I say we as I mean BGK, um, that the system is really well put, and I don't think Dallas – I think they're going to come in going, oh, we beat Vegas all year. They have not beat us once. But I think they're going to get shocked with now the Knights 100% buying into Bruce Cassidy's system. Um, is it still nerve-wracking? Yeah, but I'm going to say Vegas in six. That is my Ooh. call. Um, I mean, you, you have Aiden Hill. He's, he's had a, he didn't play the first round at all, and he had to come in relief during the Oilers series um, for uh, Laurent Brossois. And so Hill, though, is 3-1, and one, but going 3-1 and one against the best power play in NHL history, 3-1 and one against the best um, hockey player of the time in Connor McDavid, that is fantastic. And his um, goals against uh, average is uh, – goals, goals against a game um, is, is 2.2. His save percentage is 9.34, which is second best to – I believe it's Anderson um, – let me check. I think it's Anderson for Carolina. I have it right here. Um, nope. Anderson's is nine, three, one. So, I mean, Aiden Hill has played absolutely phenomenal and Ottinger playing in Dallas. He's eight and five so far this postseason, um, which is good, but he's played a lot more games. I could see him getting worn out a little bit because um, he's played every game. He's played every game so far, um, which that will that will wear on a goalie that will wear on a goalie as as games go on um i like aiden hill in this situation so i i'm rolling aiden hill just with how the knights are projecting on the better goalies um for the series but you don't know and plus there's a few players that scare me pavelski i can't stand him play for the sharks i hate the sharks I hated the Sharks before I was even a Knights fan, before the Knights were a thing, <laughs> and I was just a Bruins fan, and I hated 
the haves and, and the maple leaves and all that. For some reason, I always hated the sharks and I was glad because it was justified when the Knights made a rivalry with them in year one, which was fantastic. Um, but Pavelski's playing great. Um, but uh, hints, he is having an outstanding postseason. Um, Jack Eichel really well for the Golden Knights, but Hints has three more goals in him. He's absolutely crushing it. Um, assists, he has a couple more assists as well. That's going to be the guy that the Knights have to shut down. They're going to have to watch for him, and they're going to have to watch Pavelski. And I think if they do that, which they did with Dreisaitl and McDavid um, in the Oilers series, I think the Knights can roll a better four line. I think that they have the best four lines um, in left in the league where on a single team, like matchup line one versus line one, line two versus line two, accumulative dig down to line four. I think the Knights will, will take it. They are favoriting game one at home. Um, I think that's, a, it's a huge win. If the Knights can come out and win the first game, they got to stop playing with their backs up against the wall. Like they did a couple times in the jet series and did almost every game outside of game seven in the Oilers series or game six in the Oilers series. Because game six was the only game that they scored first. And, and that lasted all but 20 seconds before the Oilers tied it up. And then a couple minutes later, made it 2-1. So the Knights have been playing on the ropes the entire time. But I like the resilience. And that's why I have the Knights in six. Um, Dallas will be tough. Because like I said, we haven't beat them. We're playing our old coach. But I think the Knights can get past in six. What say you, my fellow non-hockey guy? <laughs> so the last so the Knights in Dallas have only played 14 times. Dallas has a record 8-3 or no, the Knights have a record of 8-3 three, and 3 against the Stars, but the Stars in their last 5 meetings are they've won or the Knights against them are 1-1 one, one and 3. So mm-hmm. they have kicked their ass the last couple of times. Dallas well, again, is and so I was what I was saying that though was the Knights didn't have a couple of their blue liners. They were missing their captain to Mark Stone, and they were also in a slump, not buying into Bruce Cassidy's system. All of that has shifted. Yeah. Now you have a, a very healthy team. You have all yes. your defensemen. You have Mark Stone, your captain, who just brings energy in. And you're not in a slump right now. You're in in the Western Conference Finals, and you just knocked out the number one offensive team in the league. Yeah. Who was favored to win the cup. So Dallas is a top five defensive team, top five offensive team. And the Knights, if you look at the games they've lost against the stars recently, right? This past season, the past two seasons is they never score more than one or two. And we've seen the Knights all throughout these playoffs either lose games where they score one or win games where they're scoring four, five, six, right? So I think against a better defensive team that Dallas has shown in the playoffs to be, right? I think the Knights can scrape by and win against Dallas, but I don't think this is going to be how these other playoff matchups have been where it's they're winning Mm-mm. games oh, no. five to three. They're winning five to four. I really do think it's going to be a much tighter games, series, like uh, goal goals, yeah. defensive. Like they're going to be harder to come by for sure. I think these are going to be, yeah, two, one, you know, two, one, three, two type of games. And I feel like every based on everything you said, where now they're at full, they're at full power. They can finally, you know, 
be the team they're supposed to be when they've played Dallas in the past. I'm taking the Knights and I'm taking them in five casino. Taking them in Oh, five. I like that. I like yeah. that. So the only reason saying... I say six is I, I say six because I can see see Dallas winning one game just outright, just by better play. Um, because Pete DeBoer's not a horrible coach, but I think he's gonna be able to figure him out a little bit. But um I think Ottinger, their goalie, I think he's gonna be able to steal at least one game. And hopefully not more than that. Yeah. Uh, so we have, at the moment, we both have the Knights. Uh, they're our team, but they're, we're also just based on, you know, all the shit we just said. I have the Panthers. You have the Hurricanes. And then who do you think wins? So your matchup is Knights-Hurricanes. Who do you think is going to be hoisting up the Stanley Cup? And in how many games? Knights and six. Ooh. They've beat the Hurricanes on the road this year. They've played better against the Hurricanes this year. And they were doing that through all their slumps, through all their injuries. I just well, you think were the saying they they played the against Knights, the Hurricanes all season better than pretty much any any other team. And you could uh, say so that they for swept a while. Teams. They, they swept a couple of other teams. I don't remember exactly what the, the total wins on um the knights have over the hurricanes this year they don't play them that much but uh i think they played them twice three times but i know up. they beat them on the road and yeah if you want to check that out but what i like it is is the knights against the top teams in the east this year they've been able to win they've been able to win on the road against them and i really like i liked if the knights can get to the the stanley cup I had the Knights before the playoffs started to beat any team except for um, Boston. If Boston made it there, because I just didn't like the matchup with Vegas, Boston. Uh, But I think it would have been a tough game. I just like, I like how the Knights play against the East. He's used to playing. He knows the teams very well, but again, that's what scares me in this series against Dallas is Pete DeBoer knows this team. I'm, Hoping my fingers that Pete DeBoer just doesn't take, he doesn't know uh, Barbershev that much, uh, that well, um, and that he doesn't know um, like Teddy Bluger that well. And some of these players that we picked up at the, the trade deadline, that it's going to throw him off a little bit. Because um, I could see Barbie having a real big game, a real big series for the Knights. So the Knights played the Hurricanes both at home and away once this season. They won both games. The one in Carolina, they won three to two. And then the one at home, they won four to zero. So yeah. Yeah. You're so right. I like the Knights against I like the Knights against the Canes. Um and again, so now I'm saying, you know, Dallas beating the Knights all year, but the Knights could, could take Dallas. Um I think the Knights beating the Hurricanes is a little different because again they were not a hundred percent throughout those throughout those games. We're just a, the Knights are just a deep team, and that's what scared me. That's why I was really hoping to see Seattle Knights because I I, I liked that both teams were just deep teams. I, I like that. Um, I'm nervous about Dallas's um, star power, where star power and where. The maturity. They know hockey very well. These players have been around on that team. They've they're very fundamentally perfect. 
They don't make mistakes. They don't make easy mistakes. Um, and I'm really just hoping that the experience and the basic, I'm just call it basic, uh, basic hockey that the Dallas will play, but they play it in an expert manner doesn't bite the Knights in the ass. But the the team left that has played the Golden Knights the hardest and has the best record against them is the Florida Panthers. So the Florida Panthers are four, five, and one against the Golden Knights all time, including beating them this season and losing to them once this season. So yeah. We'll see Casino. It's going to be a good, whatever matchup we get, it, it, it's going to be pretty good. I hate all Texas and Dallas teams, so I'm hoping the Stars get annihilated, but oh, there's, I'm there's fine the team with that I want. the team that I want to win the least. Just uh, Even yeah. if the Knights don't make it, I will be cheering my ass off for either the Canes or the Panthers 100%. Yeah. We can agree on that. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there's kind of a – I know that was a little bit um, – broad and i didn't get into some of those games but again it was like a week and a half worth of games that was probably like 15 games i can't get in i'm not gonna do that yeah we had a lot to cover we should have done like a part two off last episode just talking like hockey we should (laughs) well dude i got so busy that saturday i I told you and it was like i know you had work and then i texted you at like three and i was just like yeah not gonna make it (laughs) yeah no cap yeah it's okay. It's okay. Uh, but now, Casino, uh, speaking of a shitload of shit happening, and I mean, and we recorded our off. last episode. <laughs> yeah. We recorded our last episode on Friday uh, before the last three games of the second round played out, which was on Friday, we saw the Heat beat the Knicks. Uh not really surprising. Heat won that game 4-2. to two. They just looked like the better team. Knicks... Uh, still look like a team that's like one or two pieces away. Brunson being your number one is nice during the regular season. And then in the playoffs, you clearly see the, you know, diversion between the NBA stars and the NBA great players who are not quite at that level. But great season by the Knicks. They look like they're one or two stars away from being real contenders in the East. We go to I'll see the... it when I be... I'll believe it when I see it. It's still the Knicks. <laughs> we now go to the Warriors. Lakers, Lakers winning in that was six wrong. against uh the Golden State Warriors. That game that was, was wrong. That game was basically uh you were wrong. That game was basically over almost immediately. Cur- uh Curry was basically the only one who did anything. He went 32 6 and 5 but the next uh closest person was DiVincenzo with 16 Clay Thompson was a ghost Draymond Green was gone Wiggins everybody pool it was the the warriors were done you could tell that was one of those games much like the game we're going to talk about next where it's like almost immediately you were like oh it's over Golden State's not winning this game. LeBron went off. Reeves went off. Davis had 20 rebounds. Like, it was over from the jump. We'll talk about Lakers Nuggets in a minute. I'm just recapping the games we've missed. Uh, then, finally, Casino, uh, what we both got right, because I fucking knew it was going to happen, the Celtics 
the no, I'm sorry. The Sixers had their shot game six. And the second mm-hmm. that game ended, I was like, they are getting blown out in game seven. It's not even going to be close. And then the only thing I was wrong about is it was close for ha- a half, right? For the first half, it was like I was watching it. Never for one second in the first half of that game when the Sixers were good were I did I think they could win this game and sustain this. And here's why. Because P.J. Tucker, of all person, hit like three threes in the first half of that game. I think it was even in the first quarter. And I was like, this is not sustainable. No fucking way does P.J. Tucker win this game in Boston. Like, this is not a thing that happens. And then Embiid, uh, Maxi, and Harden, they, Embiid goes for 15, 8, and 1. Maxi goes for 17, 3, and 4. James Harden the, goes for a triple double if triple doubles are only when none of your stat lines get into double digits. He goes 9, 6, and 7. Just shits the fucking bed. What a great, what a great, great moment for. Playoff Embiid and playoff James Harden to reemerge their fucking ugly heads. Well, what you know what's a, a crazy stat with the with the James Harden thing is that just blew my mind was in the fourth quarter of the last three games, zero points. Zero yeah. points in fourth quarter for three games in a row. He just doesn't look like even in this game, right from the beginning, him and MB just look like they didn't want to be there. And we're like, they're just strictly out of obligation. The congratulations, uh, 76ers. You built through the process, the anti-clutch team, the least fucking clutch team just in the fucking playoffs. Like dear Lord. And Joel Embiid, I don't know if anybody watched uh, Jokic during the playoffs right now. He should have won MVP. Like, Jokic, uh, with his stat line alone last night, you're like, dear God. And everybody will get to that But that's the thing. It's it's regular season and Which I fucking always hated. Why do we give MVP for regular season instead of the entire season? Like the playoffs are the most important part of every fucking sport. And we just like the second, the regular season ends, we're like, let's not pay attention to the most important part of our sport. Let's just give an award to somebody, even though like you see all these awards where it's like MVP. And then you see all these stats where it's like, oh yeah, the MVP always shits the bed in the playoffs. Like most of the time. And you're just like, so how the fuck is he the MVP? Like, why don't we just give out fucking awards for best preseason player? You know why we don't? Because it doesn't fucking matter. Who gives a shit about the regular season? You can have fun with that. Start giving out rewards (laughs) for preseason. I actually would like that for preseason. I would. Because I feel like give like the crazy, like shittiest awards. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But yeah. So then right after the most mediocre dunk. Of the preseason <laughs> goes to. Uh, uh. So after this game casino, oh, this is uh, speaking of uh, game sevens being overrated, which I think they are. Usually it's the game sixes that are fucking amazing. And then game seven, it's just, I looked it up. It's like every team that's home usually like blows out the other team. So I think we overrate game sevens, but uh, in this game seven, 
Uh, speaking of anti-clutch, Casino, Doc Rivers in his career has been in 16, 16 game sevens. Would you like to guess his record in just game sevens? 13 and three. Oh, that would be fantastic if that was. He is six and 10 in game sevens. That means he is the only coach in NBA history that has lost 10 game sevens. Again, I don't know how many times I can do the Doc Rivers is overrated as a coach, but the the the, the resume for that just keeps fucking building. He now is a three-page resume, and then he goes into job interviews, and they're like, isn't this supposed to be one page? And he's like, I have so much, I can't fit it on one page, right? I need to give you three pages. And then guess what? He gets the job, and then he does the same shit, and then he gets fired, and people are like, oh, didn't see that coming. And then it's like, you want to know why? Because there was so much bad information, you stopped reading. And then you were like, I'll get back to that later. And then you never picked it up. This was written on the fucking wall from when day did you one. Write that? This is when how did you write that analogy? Just right in my head right now. That's why we're a great podcast, Casino. Uh, you. But... you. My brain doesn't think that quick anymore, man. I'm not as witty uh. as I used to be. As you can tell, like half the time you'll say something and then like it's it's not a delay, people. He'll say something and he's already like five or six words into the next thing, and then I'll say something regarding what he just said. But I'm I'm a little Ugh. slow. I'm a little slow when it comes to that. You need to we need and to that's slow why we love you. That's why we love you. But uh No, I just don't know how you have so much energy all the time, man. It's anger. It's just anger. If I was a sports fan of any other city sports teams than Philadelphia, I would I would be probably dead now because I would have nothing powering my body. But because I'm a Philly sports fan, it's just anger that keeps this fucking machine going. And, I guess, and you, you know, know my what? teams for the most part are always good teams that, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I don't have any anger in me, just love. Ugh. Just love. Uh <laughs> just love. Uh, when just, just love it's it's fucking just, astounding just love. and then just love it's <laughs> okay so this is gonna be a little a little um a lot but i'm not done shitting on doc rivers so this is nba head coaches playoff record with three wins in a series so games series are seven games meaning if you have three you need one more to advance to the next round, okay? Doc Rivers, in NBA history, when he has three wins in a series, meaning, again, he needs one more win to win the series, he is 16-33. and 33. How the fuck is that possible? How? How the fuck can you have the closest person? Well, I think to- coaches in I think the coaches in the NBA are overrated. Well, he definitely is. He has a thirty-two point seven win percentage in games where in in series where he has three wins. The next closest person is George Carl, who is thirteen and thirteen with a fifty percent win percentage. So the next closest person to him wins half his games. Doc Rivers, 
winning percentage when he wins in a series three games. That's fucking astounding. Like, ugh. But on Monday, because of all these fucking reasons, he was let go along with uh, Monty. I love how he said that he he thought he was going to continue play, uh, coaching there. Uh, I don't I know I expect how. to coach next year. Ugh. Along with Monty Williams from the Suns that was let go. That one was more surprising to me until the reports came out where like all of his players were kind of like good, which I mean, that proves right there that apparently his time in uh, Phoenix was done. But I think he should have gotten at least one more year because right, they just got Durant like almost towards the end of the season. So, but I guess the players were done with him. So there you go. And well, then again, that's where I'm saying is I think the coaches in the NBA are just overrated because the players control the team. Like, until look, like look no, not until anything. Like look at look, look at the Lakers, dude. I don't, who nobody pays attention no. to the coach. It's everybody like, oh, LeBron's running the team. Yeah, but until what is it? You see a team like the the Miami Heat that are coached by Spolstra, and he's literally just out coaching the other coach with practice squad players. And then they're beating. He's the, the only coach up. in the NBA that I see like up and screaming at his players, like standing and pacing and doing basically college basketball coaching. Almost every other NBA coach that I ever see, I'm like, Oh, is that the athletic trainer? And they're like, <laughs> Oh no, that's the head coach. And I'm like, Oh, well he looks like 20 years old and he doesn't know what the hell he's doing. And I will say, and we'll talk about this uh, with the Lakers Nuggets, the Lakers coach is a defensive coach. And some of the adjustments he made to the Nuggets last night in the fourth quarter, I mean, it was too late, but it was really smart strategy and changing, which is going to make that series much more interesting. I'm in pain. Uh, Next up, let's talk about... The Sixers Celtics last bit about this. Did you see the quotes at the end of the game from Joel Embiid? No, I must have missed it. So he said, uh, you can't win alone. I can't win alone. Talking about him and James Harden. It said, oh man, I just had it pulled up. Uh, at this, damn it. I don't know what it basically and the and people are trying to be like the quote in context sounds better. No, it did not. His context and I'm paraphrasing was like me and James got to do better uh, talking about Harden. So he said me and Harden have to do better, but it's a five on five game and everybody needs to do better, you know, to like win games. We can't win games alone. Hey, uh, didn't I just read the fucking stat chart where you guys were on the court for 40 minutes and you couldn't score fucking 15 points? Like, that's something you say, first off, never. But if you're going to say it, that's something you say after you put up a 50 burger and you still fucking lose the game. Then that quote is still out of line because you're basically shitting on your teammates. But it's also one of those things where it's be like, I mean, it's fucked up, but he can say it. When you fucking put up one of the shittiest performances uh, in an MVP season, what the fuck are you talking about? How about... Again, I can't... You'll you'll never hear a (laughs) hockey player say anything like that. Never hear how my team didn't do it. 
yeah, we did as a team. And even whenever hockey players like score a hat trick, they're like, oh, no, it was a team effort. You know, I wouldn't be able to do that without, you know, great defense by blah, 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 or goaltending by blah, blah, blah. No, but in NBA, I didn't do shit. It was his fault. It was that it was that bitch fault right there. It's like, fuck off. Again, you sound dumb. This no, is all sports. I don't sound dumb. All sports. Uh, uh, people always say the stock dumb shit, like stock. Why are we interviewing this person? They're going to say the same thing every time. Then there's always every sport has those one outliers where they say something like this. And you're just like, why would you not just say the stock answer of like, I love my team. You know, we'll get here next year. You know, they, they were just the better team on the court. Like I can write a uh, week. We can put into an AI chat bot chat GPT. We can say, talk about things. losing a game after, and we can plug in any sport. And I guarantee you all of them will spit out the same fucking bullshit of like, you know, we went out there, we tried our hardest, but the other team just had like blah, 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 blah. Garbage, garbage doesn't mean anything. It's the second you say some dumb shit like this. I, in retrospect, even Giannis's, uh, you know, losing isn't a failure kind of thing. That is better than this because at least he was like, you know, me and the team learned something from losing, even though everybody was like, that's fucking dumb. It's way better than being like, I need help out there because I can't do anything, even though you scored fucking what 15 points in a game seven. You're the fucking MVP of the league. Let's talk about who should have been MVP of the league, Casino. Let's talk about Lakers Nuggets last night. What a fucking like, what a great game. What a great fucking Joker game. What just a fucking. This this was good basketball right here. This was hmm. uh, everything my, going. So one one of my regulars who is a Lake fan was in there, and like normally he's got a very short fuse. Sometimes when it comes to sports teams, which you know a lot of people do, it's fine. But he was like very calm. He was. I was like, "You good?" And he goes, "Yeah, not like it. it was a good game. Like, not mad." Dude. I was like, "Oh shit, <laughs> okay." <laughs> well, okay. before before we talk about this game. Let's talk about the narrative before and the narrative after it. The narrative before the game was, oh man, here come the Lakers. The Nuggets have not played any defensive caliber teams of the Lakers, which was true, right? The only issue was the other side of the narrative was the Lakers have not played an offensive force in the playoffs so far like the Nuggets have right? Like we'll read Joker's uh, stats last night, which on when I read them are going to be insane. And then you realize this is kind of his stat line every night and he could probably have more. It was uh, 42 minutes. He scored 34 points, 21 rebounds, 14 assists. I believe he had like two blocks, two steals. Like for any other player, that's fucking a crazy stat line, right? For Jokic, it's kind of like that's what he does every night. And this was uh, kind of a slow night for him, like, points-wise. And it was just because he was so good at fucking passing. His last, uh, let's see, since April 21st, he scored like in, in against Minnesota in the playoffs. He scored 20 
then 43, then 28, then 24, then against Phoenix, he went 24, 39, 30, 53. Okay. And then in the last two games against Phoenix, he had triple doubles. He also had a game in there where he went 17 rebounds, 17 assists. And then he had a game against Minnesota where he went 17 rebounds, 12 assists. Like this is just what he does. This is just his stat line. So people being like, oh, you know, that was a great, great Joker game. It's like, yeah, it was, but this is how he plays every fucking game. They're acting like it was an anomaly that he had this game. And we talk about, well, at least beforehand, all the talking heads in sports media was like, Lakers defense is going to shut him down. The Nuggets almost had a hundred. They, I think they did score a hundred points by the end of the third quarter. Like they had 99 points with two minutes left in the third quarter. And there was an entire quarter to go. Also, at one point in this game, they were winning by 23 points. Like, that's, again, against the defensive team, everybody was like, man, they're going to shut the Nuggets down. They're going to shut the Nuggets down. And then offensively, the Lakers, they had an Austin Reeves game. They had a LeBron James game. They had an Anthony Davis game all in one. Anthony Davis went 40 uh, 40 points, 10 rebounds, three assists. LeBron James went 26 points, 12 rebounds, nine assists. And then Reeves went 23 points, two rebounds, eight assists. All of them did exactly what they need to do to win. And still, this is a game at one point, they were down by 21 points, 21, 22, 23 points, whatever it was. And then this game was never fucking close until the last like, four minutes where the Lakers got within three and then immediately the Nuggets just scored like three baskets in a row and it was over. And I keep seeing like the talking point after this game was, oh my God, the Lakers in the fourth quarter, they figured out the Nuggets. They figured out the Nuggets. Like the Lakers shouldn't be worried at all. And this is the stat people keep bringing up, but there's one thing missing from this. So uh, Joker, when he had the primary defender of Anthony Davis, Anthony Davis was on him for 15 plays. He, and then Joker was 10 for 13 in those in field goal attempts with two turnovers, right? He also had that fucking beautiful, beautiful three at the end of the third quarter, just right in Davis's face, right over, uh, his, you know, uh, hands or whatever. Then they switched, uh, Hachimura over to defend Jokic, and he ha- was 0 for 2 from uh, the the field with two tur- turnovers in six plays. So, and people are like, they figured out Joker. They figured out Joker. You think that two plays or two missed uh, field goals from the mid range that were like kind of just heaves up that missed? You would think that being like the thing where they're like, they figured out the MVP he's done. It's just like, it was two plays. Why are people acting like he was on him for the second half and completely shut him down? He was on him for six plays. He shut him down for two uh, shot attempts. Like what the fuck are we talking about? I keep seeing all this fucking chatter online on the shows on talking heads on clips where it's just like, Lakers in five. 
I mean, they got fucking blown off the floor by the Nuggets last night, but they're going to win the next four because Hachimura shut uh, the Joker down. And it's just like, did we watch the same fucking game? What are we talking about? What? The Nuggets had an okay offensive performance based on what they normally do. The Lakers had the absolute best case scenario for an offensive game. And at most points of this game, they were down by 20. The fuck are we talking about? Like what game did everybody watch? Again, Anthony Davis scored 40 points in this game. Will he score more than that in a game in this series? Probably not. Joker had 34 points. Could he score more than 34 points in this series? Probably. What the fuck are we talking about, Casino? I don't understand it. Ugh. Like, everybody just (sighs) being like, oh, man. They, they, they figured out the nuggets. They figured out the nuggets. Oh, really? They figured them out and then they still lost the game. So what the fuck does that mean? They figured out a way to lose by seven instead of by 21. Like, cool. I don't know and why we're trying to that, act like the nuggets are another professional victories. team that also can figure out, oh, they started doing this. Well, let me change up a little bit. Like, yeah. Well, that's also like, the thing. It's just like the the Lakers figured out the Nuggets, but everybody's acting like the Nuggets are going to make no adjustments and it's just going to be the Lakers adjusting. It's just like, again, the narrative is everybody in the media wants the Lakers, right? Because they're the big names. So now you have to spin you have, it. You, you, have, just, you have such a good take. You have such a good take. You should be on a podcast or something. <laughs> Sports show But it's just... Sort. The narrative coming out of this game is the MVP played the best defense left in the playoffs and dominated them, right? He had a fucking triple-double that was that's an impressive stat line as you're ever going to see, right? And that was not even his best game probably in this series. But the narrative coming out of this game is not MVP blows out the Lakers. The narrative coming out of this game is Lakers figure out the nuggets in fourth leading to a close game. And it's just like, did we watch the same game? What the fuck are you talking about? What about the first three quarters? And they still lost. The narrative would make sense if the Lakers quote unquote figured them out and then snuck away with a victory in Denver. And then it's like, Whoa, the Lakers were down the whole game. Pretty much what happened in game six against the Sixers and the Celtics, right? Where it's like, the Sixers made adjustments. They figured out the Sixers in the fourth quarter in a game they were losing all quarters, and then all of a sudden they lose the game. Then it's like they figured them out and blew it out. Not what happened here. Like the Nuggets, and then I also saw this fucking garbage, garbage argument, which is just like, I mean, the Lakers, they had really good body language on the court after the loss. Like, okay, like, They lost. That's cool. I don't, if the Lakers win this series, would I be surprised? No, but people being like, okay, now it's Lakers series. I mean, nuggets to lose. It's like, they just blew them out and they're undefeated at home. The Lakers are also undefeated at home, but we just saw again, 
we saw what LeBron James and Anthony Davis, we saw their peak performances in this game of what they've done in the playoffs. And the Nuggets still blew them out and then ended up winning by six points. Like, again, I don't, I don't understand it, but I don't know, but uh, I need, I know one thing I need to fix my record machine because you're broken. You're on the same thing. You've said it like 15 times. Because it's yes, aggravated. I watched the same game. I watched the same game as you. I did. And what? So, as someone who watched this game as well, Casino, what was your thoughts from uh, just the standpoint of the Lakers figuring out the Nuggets and the Nuggets offensively? Did it look? No. Who looked like the better team to you? The Nuggets. And what happened? I'll tell you. When they brought it within three, it was literally three, and everybody yes. in the bar is kind of. Like, oh, 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 you know what I did? I went upstairs and, and worked on some of the keg stuff that I had to get done because I knew the Lakers were not going to pull that off. I did not care to watch them end of that game because I knew the Nuggets were going to be like, oh, wait, 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 wait. Yeah, you got within three, but we're going to close it out. Yeah. I was not worried for the Nuggets at all. Much like the Sixers and Celtics, where I never thought the Sixers had a chance, like you're saying, even when the Lakers got it close – in my head, I was like, there's no way they win this game. And there was never really a chance, even within three, the Nuggets immediately answered and had that uh, like tussle for the ball on the floor. And then the Nuggets throw it to the other side for like an alley-oop dunk kind of thing that kind of sealed the game. But yeah, there was a never time in that game where I was like, oh, Lakers got this. Like, I don't know. It, there was a time in that game where it was like the nuggets are going to get it close and then close it out. And that's what happened. But out of this series casino, we did it with hockey. Let's do it with basketball. Who do you think wins this game or this series? And in how many games nuggets. and in how many nuggets and you know what? No nuggets and five. I was going to say six, but no nuggets and five. Ooh, I am actually going nuggets and six. I think the Lakers win two games at home, and then I think the Nuggets steal one in L.A. to win the series. So they win the two at home, steal one in L.A., and then win the fifth game in uh, Denver. So I just think I just think you took the best shot the Lakers had and survived it, and the Nuggets, I think they can play better. I think the difference in this series will be the Lakers were already at, you know, peaking right when you have your little speedometer and it's in the red and it's like flicking right where you're like this is the peak this car can go i think the nuggets they were only at like yeah all you have to do here. is just shift down bro just shift down <laughs> but the lakers or were shift, shift not shift down shift shift up shift up that's all you got yeah do. come on now come the on. lakers were you, at you their max you automatic vehicle people <laughs> not knowing how to drive stick shift the Lakers are at their peak and the Nuggets can still go to another level. I really feel that way. Oh, and I just dropped my pen. Uh, but next up tonight, probably right around when I'm uploading this podcast, it is going to be Heat Celtics. I am a Jimmy Butler fan. My wife got me this Jimmy Butler jersey. I said I wanted it for the Sixers. She doesn't know sports, so she just saw Jimmy Butler jersey and then got me this. And... Here I am. But tonight, Casino, 
Game one, Heat Celtics, according to ESPN analytics, I touched on this earlier when we were talking about NHL, there is a 97% chance the Boston Celtics win this series and only a 3% chance the Miami Heat do because apparently ESPN analytics has not watched the playoffs at all. Like, so I'm going, what the fuck are we I'm talking going, about here? So, running out of time before my wife gets home, so... I'm just going to make my pick. I'm going to say Miami. In the series? I like what Jim. Yeah, in the series. I like what Jim. Not this game. I think Celtics win game one, but I like Miami in the series. Um, I'm going to say Miami in seven. Ooh. I honestly think. They'll win it in Boston. I think it's going to be Miami in five. Miami all season has had the Celtics number. They've kind of always had the Celtics number with this iteration of the heat. And we forgot to mention, because obviously I'm a Sixers fan and it pains me, but the Celtics had the best game they'd had in the playoffs in game seven at home against the Celtics, where Jason Tatum scored the most points a player has ever scored in a game seven, which is he went 51 points, 13 rebounds, five assists. But now here, here's where recency bias is bad. Earlier we talked about where it's good. Here's where it's bad. People forget Jason Tatum sucked for almost that entire series and was a ghost in about three of those series against the Sixers, including game six where he was like, 0 for 8 until the last three minutes of the fourth quarter, and then he hit like three threes. But Jason Tatum is one of he kind of has the Anthony Davis thing where he will just disappear for entire games, for entire games and a half, and then all of a sudden he'll have one great game where they win it because of him. Jimmy Butler, on the other end, or on the other hand, he's in every game, he's consistent, he'll go. He has a higher he has a higher floor and a lower ceiling than Tatum, which in a seven-game series, I'll take. I'd rather have the guy who one game he's going to give me eight points, but the next game he's going to give me 50. Or uh, I would rather take the guy who's always going to give me 25, right? Always give me 25, eight rebounds, eight assists over the guy who's going to give me 51, 13, and five in one game and eight, one, and three in the next. Like, I'll take consistency over anything. This is why I think the Heat win. Not only have the Heat had the Celtics number this season and the past couple of seasons, but I trust playoff Jimmy Butler a lot more than I trust anybody on this stupid fucking Celtics team. And they just play dumb the, in that that Sixer series was one of the worst playoff series I've seen just from a basketball IQ standpoint on either side. And then game seven is going to kind of erase that. But I've said it on this podcast throughout that entire series. The Celtics are a dumb basketball team. They just play some really dumb fucking basketball. And then when we talk about coaching, I'll take the uh Eric Spolstra proven heat culture over the Celtics coast uh I think it's Missoula is how you say his name uh who just like you're saying most of the time looks like a deer in headlights and doesn't realize he's coaching a basketball game I just think I think the Celtics much like the Bucks 
are a much more talented team than the Heat, but the Heat just have that playoff pedigree and kind of like that well-coached, well-executed game plan of how to beat these teams, proving uh, proven true in the regular season where they basically dominated the Celtics all season. I just think I'm, I am honestly, so I'm what's taking your final, Miami. What's your final, I was going to say, what's your final take here? Yeah, Miami and five, Casino. Okay, nice. Um, you're taking Miami so and what? Seven, I said. Seven. All right, so we both have the Heat and the Nuggets in the uh, NBA Finals. I will say, last thing on both of these series, this okay. these predictions do not account for NBA referee fuckery, okay? If there's some games where Lakers are getting – you know, 20 more free throw attempts than the Nuggets and then the Celtics are getting these fucking calls at home. This does not count in these predictions. If there's no, no it, counts. it always counts. It always counts. Fuckery. It counts. It counts. No, you got to take that into consideration. I'll let you re, re, refigure that shit out. The Lakers you, and you, the you, Celtics, the league wants that so bad. They want it so no shit. bad. No fucking Ugh. shit because they're going to make money that way. Um, yeah. So we have a couple minutes. Do you want to talk about John Moran being a fucking idiot? Uh, you know what? I'd rather talk about the draft lottery if we have one more thing. I mean, I don't think our stance has changed on the John Morant thing, right? Like I saw, I don't know if you saw the uh, clip of JJ Redick basically being like, how long, why? Somebody asked, how long do you think he needs to be suspended? I would say the full season. Thanks. Uh, be, Me too. Only because. Only because if this was his first offense, I think you suspend him the same time you did the last time, right? I think it was eight games. Like beginning of eight, the beginning of the season, you say he can't go to any team workouts and he gets suspended for the first eight games, blah, blah, blah. This being the second offense after a very, very public, like, we're going to be mean to you because like it's making a statement. And he was like, I agree, you know, like I need to do better, blah, blah, blah. And then to do the exact same thing, especially on Instagram Live, where the person filming the video apparently is the only person uh, smart enough in that video to realize it shouldn't be on camera because the second he sees Morant pull the gun up to his head, the guy filming it like immediately turns the camera away and like, holds it down and you can kind of sense him being like, put the fucking gun away. You fucking idiot. And like to be that dumb. And again, the JJ Reddick argument was like, it's a 23 year old kid. Again, it's a 23 year old kid who already got in trouble for this. And people are 23. You're not a kid anymore. Well, that's a, that's a completely entirely different thing, but I agree. But even with even with the argument of it's a kid, the kids it, as parents, the no, kid kids still teenagers. gets. Yeah, Sorry, I, the I, kid, I, the kid still gets punished doing a thing you already got that already got him in trouble. If our my son or your daughter did something bad, she or he got punished for it, and then a month later they do the same thing again. Just because they're kids and we've already told them does not mean the punishment gets lighter. It means the punishment is more severe because they already knew they couldn't do it or shouldn't do it. I'm sorry. So 
and this being a business and the NBA, and it's like this thing where it's like, he did nothing illegal. And then it's like, yeah, but if you're for, if you're a part of a multi-billion dollar organization and the only rule they have for you specifically is don't wave around guns on a video and you can make hundreds of millions of dollars. I don't get why we're trying to be like, I mean, it's his life. Let him do whatever he wants. Like that's all they're asking. And you're trying to defend that. Like what a yeah. fucking, dumb I mean, take. cause here's, cause, what a cause, dumb take. cause here's here's the issue is, is yeah. Okay. It's, it's fine to carry a gun, whatever, you know, he's got, you can get licenses for that and whatnot. But doing it, like my issue the first time was intoxicated, absolutely intoxicated, dangerous. This time now you're driving, probably also intoxicated. And what are you doing? Like, it doesn't matter if you have the right to do that. If you're, if you are under contract for a business, somebody that you work for, and they say, don't do this, you can't do it. It doesn't matter if you want to do it in your free time, you know, this or that, or like, you know, you're not working for them, fine, whatever. But if their rules are say, don't do this. If you don't do this, you get this money. If you do do this, you don't get this money. You know, just put it plainly. Or you have Especially, this job or you don't have this job. Just don't do this. This is our rule. This is a rule that we have. If you want to be a part of this business, it's their right to say that. It's their right to say, and, and it's his right to own a gun. That's fine. But it's the business's right to say, hey, I'm not going to have you work for me. I'm not going to have you play basketball if you do X, Y, Z. So, well, especially because, especially because it's a reasonable rule. It's not like something that is going against, you know, something morally wrong or whatever. You get what I'm saying? Like, it's like, it's a pretty, pretty lackadaisical easy to follow rule for everybody else in the league except this one fucking guy who's now in trouble twice for the same dumb shit like yeah i mean like if you're if you're if you could if you're on video shooting range in a controlled environment and you know you're shooting gun, that is completely different than driving or in the club intoxicated flashing a gun around very different. Yeah. Well, I think the first one he was in his house or his friend's house or something. I don't know. But again, why are you doing an Instagram live with the gun? And again, it's just dumb. And if he was 18, there would be a little bit more leeway. You're 23. Like everybody acting like we're worth. I'm 33, like 10 years removed from this. When I was 23, I did dumb shit. But again, if my employer was like, you will be suspended without pay if you do this again. The defense of me doing it again can't be, well, I'm young. Like, it already happened. You already got in trouble for it. You already knew it was wrong. Like, just fucking dumb. Uh, last bit of news, Casino. We talked about the what ESPN laughably said was the best prospect in team sports history, which let's, let's calm fucking down. Let's calm down with that. But Wembenyama, the French, I, I believe his nickname is the French alien, the 7-3 center who can dunk it, he can shoot threes. Obviously, he blocks. Uh, the The highlights of him are fucking incredible. But he, and by he, uh, I mean the Spurs, I got to let you finish this. All right. Got to go. The Spurs, adios casino, won the sports lottery or the NBA draft lottery, I'm sorry, 
No, it's just me. The Spurs won the NBA draft lottery, going number one overall, the pick to them. I had the percentages, but it doesn't fucking matter. They were one of the, they had a chance to be the number one pick, and they did the only three times. I believe they've had the chance to have the number one overall pick seven times or qualified for it seven times. The three times they did get the number one pick, it was Tim Duncan. It was, uh, uh, oh, fuck, how am I blanking his name? You know who I'm talking about. Duncan Robinson, Duncan Robinson. And then it is now going to be Wembenyama. They or Portland were my choice of where I wanted Wembenyama to go. Obviously, Portland to help Dame. Spurs because of Popovich and just a great culture. I'm really glad he didn't go to the Rockets. He was glad he didn't go to the Rockets. If you saw that viral clip of him basically cheering when it was revealed, the Rockets got the fourth pick. And then Orlando, I also thought would have been a uh, nice destination for him. I'm glad the Mavericks weren't there because no way in fuck you could do what the Mavericks did and then get rewarded with it, with this generational talent. Also, Oklahoma City Thunder would have been nice, but yeah. Just not as appealing to me as either the Trailblazers or the Spurs. Also glad Hornets didn't get it because the Hornets have always and will probably always be a dumpster fire until they shake, you know, management and ownership up. But yeah, great NBA draft uh, just in in terms of appeal, right? Like everybody wanted to see Wembenyama go to a situation where he will flourish. I believe the Spurs now moved up to a top five team to watch next season, you know, on an NBA league pass. But yeah, just wanted to touch on that a little. This has been uh, the only sports podcast. I'm Will. That was Casino. We went a little bit. Oh, no, actually we didn't. We uh, were right on schedule. We tried for an hour and a half, hour and a half all these episodes check out my comics still on kickstarter for i believe the next two weeks and two days imagination issue number one if you just like me and want to support the show that's the best way to do it if you like comic books i believe you'll like this one fan of comic books so yeah also go jimmy butler thanks to my wife for this jersey even though it's the wrong team but it's my favorite players so i'll let it slide especially with how pissed off the sixers got me so again i'm will that was casino only sports podcast adios